Let's talk about sex. Hello, PolyM fam, and welcome to Talk Your Poly Off, presented by ilovepoly.org. This is your podcast for ethically navigating your relationships, your community, and yourself for a healthier and happier lifestyle. This is Bella Doll. She is my sunshine full of giggles. And this is Joshua Monsuda, the logic to my emotion and the chaos to my order. So now you know us. Pull up a seat and let's talk our poly off. Hello, Polyam fam, and welcome to Talk Your Poly Off. I'm Monsuda. And I'm Bella. And I wanted to say happy anniversary. Happy anniversary! To Bella and to our listeners. Yeah. Because this marks our one-year episode. It's so exciting. I can't believe how fast time goes. Yeah. Well, and it's odd because at certain points in 2019 when we were doing the show, it felt in the moment like there was so much space or time and then after years gone by and you look back and you're like wow we did a lot in one year so it's an interesting time warp well and things that we didn't expect came up right like we've made some new friends with some of our listeners yeah we've had people ask us for more events and events in their area Mm -hmm. just things that unexpected little twists and turns just because we decided to hit record while we had some interesting conversations. Right. Some of the biggest or most challenging parts, I don't think, was even just preparing episodes. It was people would come to us and request a little bit of coaching. Yeah. And so spending time trying to understand situations and and walk through scenarios and, and... coach people on how to improve self or relationship or even a specific skill that they'd hear an episode and they'd be like man i really i need to do better at this skill or my partner and i are not hitting it out of the park on this can you help us right right so it has been a pretty filling year and i've been very glad at where we've taken that year yeah like all of our growth where we were versus where we are now yeah i can remember like, I don't know, summer of 2018, when we were talking about this. Right. And it was still just, man, we have these really good, interesting conversations about poly and relationships and personal development. We should really just hit record sometime. And how that conversation evolved into, I don't know, somewhere around fall going into winter of 2018, We took a trip out to see your daughter and we picked up your son and there was a discussion in the car about, man, if we really did this, if we really made a podcast, what topics would we want to talk about? And we had that whole, what was that, a four hour car ride to talk about all that. Right. And on that car ride, we were actually trying to figure out some of the topics and initially, you know, we got maybe a half a dozen and we felt pretty solid about that and we're thinking, if we run this for any length of time, we're going to need more than these. Yeah. We felt like we were kind of hitting our head against the wall trying to figure out topics. And then once we got going, they just started flowing like water. One one episode would often lead to another episode where we were like, man, not only could we do a whole other episode on this exact same thing, but that also reminds me of these five other things that come up around this. And we've got episodes in queue. We've got topics that we're ready for. We've researched so much stuff. We've learned a lot of things. Yeah. And we don't even know where to stop now. We just got so much. 
So I'm excited. I know that we have at least a year or two ahead of us that we're just going to go nonstop. And I'm sure in that time, we'll accumulate even more. Yeah. But it is funny because when we did start this, I remember us having conversations. And I remember not feeling like it was going to be too serious. And be like, well, when we get one done, we get one done. And even when we started, we'd put one out. And we'd go a week or two without putting another one out. And then the more we started getting involvement in the show, the more it felt like, wow, we really have an obligation here of our choosing to provide and to set up a schedule and to do it well, do it well, make this, you know, as polished as we can with what we've got and the time we have and the resources. And I know that we slip a little bit and yeah. But we still do great. I think we do great. And I really don't want to listen to the first couple episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I know we were like in the living room of our old house. Oh, the audio was terrible. And it was in that back living room area. Yeah, I don't even want to go back and listen. I appreciate that everyone goes back. Because I think we had some really great information. Yeah. As long as you get past our, what is it called when you're not professional? Amateur status. Amateur status. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we're still not there. I mean... We're getting ready to set up the office for soundproofing, yeah. so our recording device is actually sitting on a stack of foam that we still got to put <laughs> on the walls. But we're getting there, yeah. and we're doing we're doing good in a way that I feel happy with, and I feel like we're contributing to the world and the culture of polyamory in a way that some people can connect with, right. and that makes me feel proud of what we do. Me too. Me too. I like hearing the feedback from people who reach out and say, oh my gosh, you really struck a chord or helped me in this situation. And total strangers yeah. from all over. I love it. It I, feels good. Yeah. I love hearing from you guys. It's fantastic. And we're creating a, a wonderful global community. I understand that many podcasts have their own community. Yeah. Many social media groups are out there. So it's not that... We're finally making the first polyamory community. (laughs) Obviously, that was done before the internet was a thing. But we're making a community with a voice that we all commonly speak with. And I'm feeling like it's become such a great thing in my life. And I'm hopeful that it continues to be a great thing in other people's lives. Well, I think one of the common denominators in our specific poly community is that we tend to attract people who are also into personal development Mm -hmm. and they want to talk about ethical non-monogamy. It's not shameful. It's not something they want to hide unless they have to hide it. But they want to talk and make it more understood and and accepted. And it's not all they want to talk about. They're all down with it and there's great conversation that happens. But I'm also finding that it's, it's bringing people that want to be alive before they're dead and want to enjoy life and we can all have fun and we have some great crazy times with so many wonderful people in this community right and our friend circles typically built around poly people yeah but not not in the sense that all we do are poly things you know we'll have game nights or yeah. barbecues or out to the club or different things that are, um, will, you know, take the animals out for dog walks or, I don't know, different things, play in the park with friends. Stuff that is not ethical non-monogamy, not polyamory, not 
sexy, positive stuff. Like, it's total just life and friends who all happen to be polyamorous. So when they're talking to you about a certain relationship issue, you understand because they speak your language, Mm -hmm. but you're not hanging out to only do poly stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of the clubs. Yes. On Friday. Yes. We went to celebrate a friend of ours' birthday. Right. She, can I do a shout out? Yeah. She's one of the publishers and writers of the Ethical Non-Monogamy magazine. It used to be PDX Scene magazine, and they just went national with it. Yeah, so I think it it's truncated, right? It's E-N-M. E-N-M magazine. magazine. Yeah, so it's Ethical Non-Monogamy, but abbreviated. And look for it, because they put out a lot of great content. Yeah, and I know we're going into February, and I believe, and I have to look it up, I think it's... Oh, man, I'll have to correct this. There's a point in the middle of February that's like like a National Polyamory Day. Okay. Um, and I know that they're promoting it a lot as well. So we'll put some information up about that. Yeah, definitely. So we went out to the club to celebrate her birthday. It's a sex positive club. It's not just a dance club. But there was a lot of dancing there. Yeah, it was super fun. And it was a great time. We got some of our community to go with us. And we celebrated her birthday and them for what they do in our community. Mostly... With lifestyle swinger stuff, right. but also with ethical non-monogamy of all other types. And had a blast. So much fun. It's uh, We've been going to the clubs for years, uh-huh. and this was one of the first times we went to this particular club. And we walked in, and there were already six people there waiting for us. So you walk in, and you already have, hellos, hi's, hey friends, yeah. how's it going? Yeah. So it felt comfortable and safe and home and it was it was such a good feeling yeah it was it was a great time and normally i'd take my big old kink bag with all my impact toys yeah and we decided not to because that wasn't really the focus but i still brought my violet wand Mm -hmm. and we went we met up with our friends we met new people watched some sexy shenanigans oh my gosh so many sexy shenanigans it was fun it was a great time and then we all ended up on the third floor Mm -hmm. and we kind of took over an entire room it had three beds yeah and you wanted to do some violet wand yeah so we got that set up and we're doing our thing and you were having a great time and other people wanted to try it as they normally as it happens yep if i ever really want to do some kink play we really most of the time have to do it in behind closed doors because when we pull out some of our kink toys, it attracts attention and people want to try and ask questions and they'll usually interrupt a scene. So we can't get too serious in our public scenes that aren't DM'd kink night specific. Right. So I know going in that people are going to want to try it. Right. Because kink and swinger are not tied together in, uh, like you, you're not a kinkster and a swinger in general. A lot of times people are swingers and maybe haven't tried kink. Or well, they're, they're kinksters, interested. but they're not into swinging. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just other different parts of lifestyle. Yeah. So when we go to a swinger-type club and we pull out kinky-type things, then curious swingers are like, ooh, what is that thing? Especially when your kink toy glows and makes mm-hmm. fun noises. Right. So we did some tastings. We even had a couple of friends there that hadn't hadn't experienced that yet. I provided tastings for them, and then you wanted to show off your ability to take some spanking. It wasn't even that I wanted to show off that, because if I wanted to show off my ability to take a spanking, 
We would have bought the flog brought the floggers. I know, I'm just teasing you. I know you weren't trying to show off. But, but I mean you, that's you where I like it. to show off is when you pull out those floggers. Right. This was more just showing your spanking skills in this. So you were showing me off. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to showcase your abilities. I think you just wanted spank. I mean I like that too. So we did that. That even drew attention. It seems to usually draw attention. I think it's my butt. It's got booty, booty, booty. It's never the sound. Everyone's like, what's that noise? I know, right? Who's beating who over there? <laughs> so we did that for a while, and we even had some people that we've never met want to try out one or the other. We ended up, I did a tasting for a girl. Her and her partner came up from Southern California. Yep. And she saw the wand. She was all excited. She'd never experienced it before. So I spent some time doing some tasting for her. Yep. She had a great time. It was so much fun to watch, too. They were good people. They were super chatty and friendly. Yeah, they really were. It was kind of cool. Yeah. And so hopefully, you know, they got to take back memories that they could share with their swinger friends. And, yeah. And have a great laugh or have a great time. So we were there from like 8 p.m. till like 2.30 in the morning. Yeah, past last call for sure. Yeah, it was a good time. Mm-hmm. To switch subjects a little bit. We even had our gaming day yesterday. We did. Where we roll some dice and do some role playing of a different variety. Not kinky role playing. (laughs) Well, sometimes. That's true. It gets a little sexy sometimes. Yeah. So we did that. We had a good time. Spent some time with more friends. And I'm even going to start my own campaign. I'm so excited. Polyamorous role players. Yeah. I'm pretty excited for that. As long as I can balance everything. (laughs) (laughs) It's that that calendar time thing, right? Yeah. Which I'm still trying to figure out because I'm still not that great at it. Oh, but you're almost there. I saw all the stuff you put on your calendar. All three things. (laughs) Yeah. But it was in blue, meaning you did it. It Yeah. It was all good. I do a thing. Yeah. It was good. good. So it's, I mean, we're almost three years into dating and you're finally getting that calendar. The calendar's bullshit. Everyone <laughs> says, in order to do polyamory, you need to calendar. You need to Google calendar, blah, blah. That's great. I think it's a lie, and I'm still out to prove it. <laughs> I'm not so doing well. So instead of doing the do Google calendar, instead, I'll just get a message. What do we have planned this weekend? <laughs> do we have anything going on next week? Because I'm trying to schedule dates. Well, and you know the deal is, is basically... Everyone has a Google Calendar. I have a Bella Calendar, yeah. which is far better. <laughs> Extra features. Oh, yeah. yeah. Funny. <laughs> You're welcome. So I have a question. Mm-hmm. I would like to know what some of your favorite episodes were. If you can reflect back on the last year. I can think of quite a few. I mean, I, I don't know, probably six of them that I really enjoyed. But do you, can you think of some of your favorite episodes or topics? Some of my favorite episodes. So you know the episode where the dragon flies in (laughs) and Daenerys is having him marshmallow roast people? Yes. That's probably one of my favorite episodes. (laughs) Oh, it feels like so long ago. Yeah. And then if we switched over to Shameless. Oh, no. I've got some favorite episodes there. Yeah, yeah. And, uh. Like that one where, where he was drunk. Which one? Yeah, that's a point! (laughs) Where he was drunk and the family did some fucked up shit. Yeah, they got into some shenanigans. That was a good episode. (laughs) What about The Witcher so far? Well, anyone that has nudity, I'm pretty good with. Yeah, Yeah. and uh, Mandalorian? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Actually, I think was the second episode was my favorite with the heavy gunner Mandalorian. Oh yeah. That guy was legit. Yeah. You guys can all have Baby Yoda. I'll take that. No, you want Carano or whatever her name is. Cara Dune. Yeah, there you go. Gina Carano. Yeah. She's badass. Yeah. She's super badass. Like when she picked up the giant gunner thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, let's get back to talk your poly off. Oh. How about those episodes? Favorite episodes of this show. Yeah. Gotcha. (laughs) I think that if I were to look back at it, we covered some pretty big topics. I mean... We didn't cover them. We discussed some pretty big topics. Yeah, some topics came up. (laughs) Some of these topics, I think, in order to fully cover them, we'd need to schedule an entire series. Right. This whole series is on processing emotions. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But we have had some great discussions. And the two that I think stand out the most for me, which are very common questions in the world of polyamory, were the one on jealousy that we did. Yep. And the one on long-distance relationships that we did. Oh, that's a good one, yeah. I think that if we were going to go with mainstream questions, those would be, I would say, maybe our biggest ones. So I was trying to narrow down to two. And I have six. Well, I have a few more, too. Oh, okay. You still... Those are your top two. Well, those... man. I just mentioned those kind of off the top of my head, just because... Yeah. I needed to think about your your question. Well, and I, I what do you got? I do have jealousy. That was mm-hmm. a, that's a big one, and we can do five more episodes on jealousy. Right, a whole series. Totally. Um, so of course that's a, a go to. I also wrote down and thought about the NRE episode. NRE is a huge one. Another whole series. Yeah. yeah. Well, because NRE actually seeps into plenty of aspects. Like we've talked about NRE in various different episodes. Because of how it affects each different scenario. Definitely. Okay, so before we get too into, like, just naming off these titles, what do you feel like, if you looked at the Jealousy episode when we made it, Mm -hmm. versus the Jealousy episode now that you've come this far in whatever you've, you know, in your experiences. My journey. How do you feel like you've implemented the things from that episode into your life? I definitely have an easier time differentiating between jealousy and envy mm-hmm. now I can pick out and be like oh I'm definitely just envious I would really like that too <laughs> that was actually a big point for me too yeah we're, since we did we're that so episode. trained to be jealous green you know like green with envy sure but we always were taught to be jealous of things right. and people and so it was really interesting to really dive in and get to know the difference between the jealousy and envy I've actually even found that my language regarding both of those has changed in a way to be more clear. Yeah. And like for it those... used to be, I'd be like, oh, I'm so fucking jealous. Huh. And now I'm like, oh, I'm pretty envious. That's cool. Yeah. For those listening that maybe haven't gone back and listened to all these episodes, Jealousy is episode six. So if you head back, you can listen to all of that discussion. Uh, the NRE episode is 15. I don't know what your long distance one is. I didn't look that up ahead of time. I think it was like seven or something. Yeah, if you go back to that same time frame around the jealousy, you'll run into the long distance episode too. I don't have as great a memory as Miss Bella, so I can't just pop Oh, no. I'm not even. Episode 9.3. I'm not even (laughs) pretending this is memory. I wrote this shit down. Oh, okay. I can't remember all these numbers. Yeah, so I think that in addition, I've found that I experience jealousy a lot less than even I did then. Yeah. And for the most part, I mean, I still have it, sure. But for the most part, I found that because 
when we talked about it, we were learning more of the differences between jealousy and envy. We're learning about the psychology that goes into having jealousy. And I've spent that time processing that information in my own journey in the last year and have found things regarding it that I didn't think of before we did the episode. And so I've been able to implement them. And I've found that I don't, I don't really experience the jealousy nearly like I used to. Yeah. And not at all in the same way that I did. I think, I, I agree. I don't obviously know what goes on in your head from it, but... You don't want to know what goes on in my head? <laughs> but I don't, I, and I definitely still feel jealousy, but not nearly like I did or as much as I did before. Almost as if, because we were really learning and managing our thoughts and emotions on things, and we learned that a lot of jealousy comes from insecurities. Yeah. So then we were working on those insecurities, and almost like we became... So that much more secure in our relationship that we were no longer in fear of some of these things that triggered the jealousy. Yeah. I know. So sweet, huh? You are so sweet. Sometimes. Always. Oh. Okay, so then you also mentioned NRE, yeah? Yes, NRE. So what, now that you've got this year of experience under you of what we do, where do you feel like you sit with NRE? Like, what are your experiences that you've had in the last year? Well, I know, and I mean, this is just a year of podcast recording. Uh-huh. So maybe a little bit more educational and more self-aware of some of these things. But I've had experience with NRE for years. Right. So if I take what we learned in the last year and what we researched... I guess that's a better way of putting it. Yeah, and then <laughs> apply it to like even past NRE, and I can look back and be like, oh, I fucked up there. Or <laughs> like even when you and I got together and how crazy we were in that initial NRE, yeah. looking back and being like, oh, yeah, I see why we pissed people off, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were basically the poster kids for NRE. Totally. We were high on that. And I still am. Don't lie. I just don't show it as much. Oh, that sucks. (laughs) That's what you get. (laughs) So I can look back and reflect back and pick out and see where mistakes were made. But I also think, and this is kind of just an interesting development, especially, you know, having dated a few times within this year, I, my walls are so up that I don't want to get into NRE. Hmm. You know what I mean? I know how shitty people get. Or how thoughtless and non think, they don't get they don't consider everybody. I think that's a better way of saying it is they get thoughtless. I yeah. don't think anyone intentionally gets shitty. No, there's no malice. They're just they, yeah, thoughtless and inconsiderate. And I don't want to get that way. So it's almost like I I don't let myself feel the butterfly bubbles. Right. You know? Right. Yeah, I kind of feel like I've done a little bit of the same. I've yeah. been mindful and cautious in how I maneuver. I think in large part because of the intensity of our NRE, but also because of the actual educational work that we put into regarding NRE and in learning from what we were working on. So while I still experience it like crazy, I try to manage it in a way that isn't quite so frivolous, I guess. Well, what about long distance? You mentioned long distance. 
Oh yeah. Well, what it have did. you what have you learned from that? I haven't done much in the long distance relationship stuff. I don't know if I want to say anything about that because <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I didn't learn good things. Oh no. Okay, so the, the deal is is that long distance, depending on I think what we said in the episode, whether you're, you're thirty minutes away or thirty hours away. It's difficult to manage. No matter what. And you have to be able to do it well in order for your long-distance partner to feel considered, in order for things to work out all right, planning and all of that. It takes a lot of extra work. And sometimes it doesn't work out so well. Sometimes a long-distance partner might struggle with not feeling included, and it's tough to feel included when you're separated by a town or a state or a country when you can see your long-distance partner doing a lot of social media stuff with another or multiple other partners that are nearby. Right. And then you maybe feel a little isolated and left out. That FOMO, that fear of missing out. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's unfortunate. So it makes it a more challenging relationship type. Yeah. I, I am no longer in a long-distance relationship. Right. And when I had it, it was beautiful, and I still love and care about my ex-partner, but it just didn't work out for us. So, you know, if I was to be a little petty, I'd be like, well, what I learned was that they don't work. Right. But really, they do, as long as you can dedicate the time and energy necessary to make it happen. Yeah. Because even though she and I had a falling out, we both took time to manage ourselves and manage our life post breakup. And we came back together as friends. Cause I, I like not burning bridges with right. people I care about. I mean, I, f- I fall in love with this person. I'm not going to fall out of love just cause we're broken up. Sure. I'm going to get butt hurt. <laughs> I'm going to act like a little brat or something. But when that's over, I still care about that. Right. Person. And it's, it's nice that the person that I was partnered with could also do the same thing. And we're still good friends. And we don't talk as much as we used to. And, and our relationship has changed. But I like to think that we are still good. Yeah. So I guess what I've learned from long-distance relationship, and maybe this should be a whole other episode, <laughs> is what happens when you end a long-distance relationship is yeah. really what's important move forward right right so i guess that's what i would say i've learned interesting all right what about you there for a little bit you were in kind of a long distance relationship when k-fog and i started yeah i mean before she moved closer oh yeah oh yeah so when we started she was what an hour away an hour and a half away depending on traffic Somewhere around there, yeah yeah and you know we hung out one day a week with some dedicated um special time just her and i and for me, that actually turned out okay. Mm-hmm. So it, I had always been super against long distance. Yeah. I can't do it. I'm I'm needy, and I know that about myself. And it's really hard for me to not have my partner right here. So if I'm having a bad day, for me to not be able to, to see them and hug them and, you know, whatever it is, when I want it, because I'm needy like that, is really tough. 
But what I learned is that when I'm in multiple relationships, I can absolutely do one long distance. If I don't have any of my partners around me, I don't think I could do it. Okay. But if I've got, whether it's a nesting partner or just a partner in town, if I've got somebody close in proximity to me that I know is there for me, whether I'm sick or having a bad day or just there to share cuddles, you know, in a time of need, I feel more secure and comfortable with it. And then the long distance relationship that I have, not a problem. It made it especially easy with her in particular because she was willing to do the driving. And it was weird because I felt super guilty about it, Uh but she was often coming up this way for other events or other friends and people that were at her community was up here. Yeah. So she was in town all the time as it was. So that took a lot of pressure off of me as well because I don't like making that drive and I wouldn't do it. And so that's usually why I would put a kibosh on a long distance relationship. Right. And I think that's the struggle that Peachy and we and I had is that because I spent so long fighting for a house and my finances were not quite what I wanted them to be. My ability to commute north for a few hours was destroyed. Yeah. And she did a lot, all, all, every bit of the traveling. Right. So I think what was okay is I believe that Peachy liked doing the traveling and it worked out for her in some ways yeah. at least. So it wasn't such a burden. But I also was feeling a little bit of that struggle, like, oh, I should be going up there. How the hell am I going to get the time or the resources to do that? Yeah. So that's also a big deal with long-distance relationship is making sure that however you can, make sure that the work is being done on both sides. Right, definitely. I think that's definitely a struggle. So beyond those two episodes for me, I also... I felt like the less mainstream type questions that were important for me over the last year, which have been two subjects which I've been personally working on a lot harder than I ever had before, is boundaries and direct intentional communication. The direct intentional communication is sometimes a little difficult because I come off as blunt more what? than I'm used to doing. I know. That's weird. I know you haven't experienced it. That's so it. strange. I know. <laughs> so it's a change in my speech pattern. So I'm a lot more blunt than I used to be. I, I used to be a lot more, well, and this ties in with boundaries for me, but I, I would spend more time trying to make another person comfortable at the expense of my personal self. So I wouldn't be as direct and I wouldn't be as forward. And therefore I wouldn't be as blunt. Right. But over the last year, the boundaries has been an important part of my growth because I've finally given myself permission to establish them. Yeah, which has been so cool to watch and see, even though it's affected me in other ways. Right. It's been really cool to see you finally, like, take care of you. It's weird. I've spent pretty much all of my life taking care of other people Mm -hmm. and never believing that I was allowed to take care of myself. Right. And I was getting so drained and so taken for granted. And I needed to take care of myself because I was empty. Yeah. My cup was empty. So the boundaries episode was almost like when we were doing it, it was almost like me giving myself permission to do it and not have to feel guilty for other people's reactions to my decisions to take care of me. Yeah. That's such a hard lesson to learn. They own their own guilt and feelings, and that's not your... 
doing. Well, and that on the other side of the coin is another thing that I've been struggling with and I've only even recently been able to get over with on myself when I express a boundary and someone's asking me to go beyond that boundary. To stretch it a little bit. And I still tell them no. Yes, they have to deal with their own response to that. But now I have to deal with my guilt Mm -hmm. and my feelings of, oh, I let them down. And I would try to reverse my boundary decision based on that because I don't like hurting people's feelings. Right. So that's been another aspect of the boundaries that I've only recently been getting better at learning. It's so funny that you talk about that because I... I have a problem, like not a problem, but I don't like telling people no in general. Like I don't, I don't like having to say no or turn people down, you know, like school dances in high school. Didn't matter who asked me to dance. I'd say yes and go dance like no big deal. Um, but like that's the dance at the dance. But if someone asked me to prom or something, I would try and avoid them if I knew that I didn't want to go with them because I didn't want to actually say no and working on the boundaries and stuff. I'm finding I also have to have discussions on my boundaries because I don't want to be put in a position where I constantly have to say no to things. Right. You know what I mean? And in that way, you're not having to have these micro discussions over and over and over. Right. If you say, here's my boundary, I'm explaining it to you with as much direct communication as I can, this gives you an idea of what... I'm not going to accept. Yeah, and I, so I'm, I'm still working on that, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's on my list of working on but loved the episode. And again, that Boundaries episode is number 27, if you want to go back to that one. And that's where the direct intentional communication, well, I said they kind of go hand in yeah. hand, is that the dick, direct intentional <laughs> communication. I was like, whoa, we just switched topics here. All right. <laughs> well, you say direct intentional communication five times real fast. <laughs> It's tough to do. Yeah. So maybe truncate it to the dick. Dick. (laughs) At any rate, that communication at that intensity level is important to clearly state your boundaries without as much question or ambiguity. Yeah. Right? That's why I feel like those two tie together really well. However, it's not just for boundaries. And that's why I chose the direct intentional Uh communication episode additionally is because that works in a lot of other ways. We have a friend who I talk with pretty regularly. Mm -hmm. She's always asking me very direct questions. And sometimes I'm like, did that really need explaining? (laughs) But after doing our communication episode, I'm understanding that if you have question about any of what you're hearing, in order to prevent miscommunication and misunderstanding, be direct. I don't quite understand this part. Right. And so when I look back on our conversations, it makes more sense and and I feel more comfortable. Less like I'm getting grilled. Yeah. And more like someone's actually just trying to learn better. Yeah. Well, I recently had a conversation just via text where a friend had invited us out to an event and I had to clarify and follow up with some questions. Is this a date? Is this, are you asking me as a friend? Are you asking me on a date? Is this a group thing? Is this one-on-one thing? I had to ask very intentional follow-up questions. Right. And her response was, oh, wow, I didn't even think about that. I'm glad you asked to clarify and laid it out kind of a thing. And we were just, I was just talking with her the other day about it. 
she said, she's like, you know, I really appreciate that. Not, not everybody does that. And then you work on assumptions and, yeah. and then it's unclear and nobody's sure what's going on and it creates confusion. Right. And that's the thing. Sometimes it feels like overkill. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that we joke about in some of our communities uh-huh. is we kind of trash talk communication. What's the most important part of poly- about polyamory? <laughs> communication. Right? <laughs> like, and everyone's like snarky about it. But it's because as much as the over-communication is sometimes kind of a nuisance, it's absolutely necessary. And when we're snarky about it, it's more like, yeah, we've had to learn the hard way. This is what we got to do. So initially I was like, well, that's kind of shitty and jaded. But through the years of doing things the way we do it, you start realizing it's not shitty and jaded. It's just resignation to realizing that it's actually probably the most important thing right. you could do. Right. But learning how to do it directly and learning how to iron out all of the verbal or text wrinkles sometimes just feels like a chore but it helps prevent real work later. Yeah, that it you saves don't you in the do. long term. Yeah. So the other two episodes that I want to mention, because they were really important for me, are episode 17, Emotional Baggage, and episode 22, Processing Your Feelings and Emotions. Oh, yeah. I feel like those two kind of went together, 17 and 22. I am an emotional person. Just yeah. I'm a cancer. July is my birthday. I'm a cancer. Well, I wouldn't go so far as say you're a cancer. I'm not so. cancerous. <laughs> I don't spread. I mean, I yeah, do. you do. <laughs> but cancers are typical emotional people. Yeah. And I absolutely, um, I will cry at the drop of a hat. My heart is almost always on my sleeve with some walls around it. I just, I care a lot, and I'm emotional. So trying to figure out my emotional baggage going into relationships and some of the stuff we researched and learned there was huge and had a really big impact. But then bigger than that was the processing, how to process your feelings and emotions. And I love another podcast. It's by a lady named Cara Lowenthal. Oh, yeah. And it's called Unfuck Your Brain. She's amazing. She's this super feminist lawyer. And she talks all about changing the thought process. And so I really look up to her and listen to a lot of her stuff, and I it really resonates with me. When I'm feeling jealous, or I'm just having a shitty thought, or I'm in an argument with my partner and my brain goes to all the bad places of what a terrible person I must be, I've learned how to stop myself, whether I need to write it down and journal some things, or just talk it out, or just process it in my head, but I've learned how to stop those shitty thoughts and be like, okay, wait, this thing that happened doesn't mean that you're terrible or that all these negative things that have been said to you over the years are true. It means that there was one problem and now your mind is running with it. So let's pull it back, find some positive or neutral things to say and focus on that. Focus on what the real problem of maybe the argument was or whatever. Yeah. But so I've really learned a lot with the processing of thoughts and emotions. Yeah. Lots those, of episodes. Those, those two episodes, that's a really good choice. That's a really good choice. They were really, they were big for me because of all my craziness. You got craziness? Crazy! I'm just glad you never show that around me. I know, right? You're yeah, so lucky. I am. I am lucky. It's true. Yeah, the processing thing was a really big deal also. I think I did more tackling of that in the year before but still did a lot of that last year. 
I ended up having to actually process different things that were maybe not relationship-based. But I used a lot of our relationship-based processing techniques for this other stuff. And it helped get me through some things that I probably wouldn't have been able to got through so good yeah. before without it. You've definitely been way better than the first two years we were together. Well, thanks for that. No, just in processing. <laughs> Is there an episode or a topic that you think you want to work a lot more on? I mean, oh, aside from all of them, yeah. yeah. Like, I've got one that stands out the most for me, and that's the episode on ego. You really like that episode? I, it's the one that I need to work on the most. That's one of my favorite episodes. Well, actually. so I get really defensive on things really quickly, especially if I get. I also haven't noticed that. I know it's strange. If I get a finger pointed at me, or if someone's, I'm like the most gentle, soft-hearted, kind soul you'll ever meet, and I wish nothing but good for everybody, and I want to help in any way that I can. So when people get like accusatory at me or think I'm doing something intentionally, or tell me that I'm, tell me what I'm thinking or doing, I get defensive right off the bat, and it happens a lot online, and right away I get defensive, and I'm like, no, 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 just get to know me, I'm like, Olaf, I like warm hugs, it's fine. What was your question initially? Oh, originally I was just talking about some of your favorite past episodes. I didn't actually address that. I talked about some of the ones that were most important to me. Yeah. I think one of my favorite past episodes was our Halloween episode. Oh, yeah. Just because that was ridiculous and fun. And we got to talk about some old things and some, not routines. Um, traditions? Some traditions. I think that was more of a Christmas or Thanksgiving. I thought it was Halloween. We were Halloween talking one, about movies and stuff. We were talking about movies and we were just having a good time talking about spooky stuff. Yeah. So that one was one of my favorites. Yeah. And actually, I know that it wasn't entirely informative, but when you and Lily and I got together and did all of those quizzes. Yeah. And we talked about our results. That's actually one of my favorite ones, too. It was too, fun. Because it, for me, I find joy in learning more about myself Okay, so it's just an online quiz. So it's not like I'm learning, oh, I didn't realize that I like cauliflower. <laughs> but it's kind of just like an open door thing where you, the door's open and you kind of see the possibility of what's on the other side. And you can choose to go and explore that. Right. And so these online quizzes, I feel like, are the open door. And it's a way to have some self-exploration to really get to know who you are a little bit more. To look in directions that you may not have looked before. Yeah. And then I also like sharing results with other people because that's always a good time. Well, and some of the things won't stick and some of them will be spot on. So yeah. it's kind of a little give and take, but that was a lot of fun. So do you have a favorite fun episode or anything that stands out as one of your favorites? Not just for working, but like just in general. So I think for me, some of the fun episodes that I really enjoyed are actually over on uh, Hot Tub Poly Talk, oh, our yeah. other podcast that we had started. And it was a playoff of our Talk Your Poly Off, where we wanted to talk about topics in a more relaxed, bullshitting, just having fun way. Yeah. And at this particular time, it was like back in May, the, yeah, beginning of May. Yeah. We were down in California for my sister's wedding, and the hotel we were staying at had a nice big hot tub. Yeah. So we went down there and pushed record, talked all about our adventures down in Cali. So. Yeah, that was a good one. That was, that good was fun. We reflected on the Museum of Death and our in and out experience 
and driving Hollywood, Hollywood right. Vine and Sunset. Yeah. So that was that's a fun episode that I remember. And if you haven't heard it, check out and look up Hot Tub Poly Talk. We don't record it anymore because our hot tub died. <laughs> but when we get a new one, yeah. we'll probably start that up again we'll bring if it we back. get enough interest. It was fun. I liked doing that one. Me too. We talked about some dumb shit on that Stupid one. Stupid dumb. Like, what would your favorite superpower be that would benefit your polyamorous relationship? Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Okay, so to answer your question about looking forward into the future. Yeah. I would like to go back and cover quite a few of the episodes that we've done already. Yeah. And go into more detail or take some of those subjects into a direction that's more specified. Like volume two, this is the more advanced version. Right. So like we had Jealousy 101. Right. Now we can have a Jealousy 201 yeah. or something like that. I think that would be really good. And then... I know that there are some topics specifically, well, I guess before I jump on, like parenting. Yeah. I know we could do a whole bunch of episodes on parenting. Yep. And I'd like to because there's a lot of polyamorous parents who sometimes don't know how to fit the family style and the poly style in a way that works out for everyone involved. Right. Right. How do I take care of my kids and still date and all of those things. So I'd like yeah. to go into that a little bit more. We could go back to jealousy. We could go back to processing. We could go back to some of these other ones we uh -huh. talked about because they're often discussed. I'd still like to do, I know that when we had Peachy on the episode, we flirted with the idea of doing a part two. Right. I'd be all right with doing a part two to that episode. You know, so the ones that we've already covered, definitely we could go in, in depth on a lot of those. And... I know that there's some other things that have come up, some other discussion points that have come up that I've already got notes for for future episodes of things that we haven't even addressed yet. Yeah, we've got a lot of notes for stuff. One of the ones that I want to do, I think might be a little not well received, Yeah, is the whole unicorn hunting thing. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a big one. Right, and I would like to do something on that because it is another common thing in the world of polyamory, when you get a couple deciding to open up their relationship, I think you see that more than you see most other things in the groups. These people come in, they try to figure it out, often they get chased out. Right. So I'd like to do some stuff on that for the people who do practice that, both the unicorns mm -hmm. and the hunters, because I've met plenty of unicorns they are like, I actually love that. Right. Anyway, that's a whole other episode. And I'd just like how to, to be ethical around it. We're not saying all the bad, horrible, gaslighting, narcissistic shit that happens. Couples privilege, blah, 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 is good. That's not what we're saying. We're saying we want to help be a positive resource for people who enjoy that dynamic on how to do it ethically. And even discuss why right. it's not seen in a positive light and try to explain that in a way that new people coming in would be like, oh, I totally get that. Versus being chased out of an online group. Right. Yeah, I get So you. that's one of one of the topics specifically that I want to address. I know. I want to do an episode on sex. I would like to do a lot of sex. I mean, we could just record the sex. I don't, I don't know if people are into that or not. <laughs> just have the soundtrack of our yeah. sex. <laughs> You're welcome. I would also like... So, I know that last year we did a kink episode. We did. And we've talked about kink a little bit here and there. I think that 
that's okay to do and it's something that I want us to be able to be I want us to be able to do more on our episodes for the sake that most people that we've encountered have some level of kinkiness. Yeah. And so it's part of our community. Yeah, absolutely. And while not everyone practices it, enough people do that I think that it's okay to talk about kink and swinging and things that other people are afraid to talk about because it's too mature. Right. I would like to incorporate a little bit more of discussion in those areas as well. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. I think another one that I'd really like for us to do might be another episode, which could raise some hair on some necks. Right. Is breakups. Yeah, we've been talking about breakups. Right. We postponed it, and we keep postponing it. Yeah. But specifically... And this would probably happen at least in the in the breakup episode, but why it's not good to have shitty breakups, mm-hmm. and even further talking about when one of the people in the breakup is feeling hurt and slighted or whatever, the damage that they try to cause to someone else's reputation or right. life because they're hurt. Right. And so I think that would be a very important episode that we should cover. I agree. And I think that some of what would be said might not be a popular opinion. Right. So I think basically this upcoming year, I want to push the envelope a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, because we've been... Not be so tame. (laughs) We've been cautious. We want to make sure that we've got our finger on the pulse of what people want to hear. Yeah. And, you know, we don't want to just come out guns blazing, starting a bunch of shit... (laughs) Causing fires all over the place. But I think now that we've gotten a lot of discussion about... I think most of our topics were self-exploration, self-development, self-growth. Stuff we were going through. Right. So I think that this upcoming year, we could take some of what we've learned on those episodes and turn it into how to navigate or operate around and with others. Absolutely. Yeah. What about you? Well, honestly, other than the sex episode, I haven't thought too far about what topics. So basically all you think about is sex. Sex, 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 sex. However, I have thought about just coming up in the future year, I would like to get some more guests on here. Yes. I've got a fabulous gal who um, runs the, oh goodness, something I want to say she named the Transformation Network. Um, She's a trans friend of mine who is there as a resource for other trans humans that are going through anything that they're going through. And she's fabulous and amazing. And I met her at one of the local sex positive clubs years ago. And I'd love to have her come on and just talk about what she does. So that way we can get some of that resource information out there. Yeah. And don't quote me on the name of it. It's been a while. So I'd have to, I'd have to pull it up to verify, but at the top of my head, I know that I want to get her on here as a guest. There's a couple of guests, actually. I'd, I'd love to find a poly lawyer to have them come on and talk about, especially some of the family law when it comes to polyamory. I know one. I can reach out. Yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a few of those big topics that I'd like to have some guests for. Yeah, definitely. And I know that when we were first starting this, before we even hit record, we talked about bringing guests on and, uh-huh. and trying to get involvement from the community, uh, other voices, not yeah. just you and I, because... 
we're still just members of the community. We're no better, no worse. We're no more knowledgeable or less knowledgeable. We're just people, just like everyone else. Right. And we wanted this to be a platform for plenty of people to use to talk about polyamory through other eyes. And so we talked about bringing in just other community members, like, Right. Not for the sake of, well, this person has a PhD in polyfuckery. <laughs> well, and, no, just like we know. brought in Lily. Mm-hmm. Lily was, you know, guest on our show here and there. And she her perspective that she brings is that she's new, straight straight yeah. from mono to poly. So that was a new perspective because we've both been in it for years. Right, right. And, and so then also just because polyamory looks different for everybody. I don't care yeah. what you're an expert in. Polyamory looks different for everybody. And we talked about bringing in community members that maybe not be educators or big-time resources is what we often think about therapists and lawyers and stuff, but just other people doing other people's stuff. Yeah. And we've gotten to do that a pretty decent amount. We've had some people on, and I'd like to do a little bit more of that. I agree. The other thing that I want to do in the future, aside from bringing in more guests, is I want to have more typo, talk your poly off, Uh more typo events for people to come do meet and greets. Yeah, I would like to. And hang out and meet your local community. Well, and then last year we were talking about what the changes have been. So last year I had to really hunker down and deal with a lot of internal stuff. Right. A lot of personal stuff. And I'm normally an event-throwing, social-having person. (laughs) And in 2019, I I pretty much had to stop all of that so I could handle some things. Yeah. Deal with responsibilities and and make sure that I've got things handled in a way that when I do move forward again and open back up, that it's in a healthy way that isn't a burden or a struggle that other people get wrapped into. Yeah. So... As 2020 has started, I've gotten a lot of that stuff worked out. I've taken the time. I've done the thing. I had an amazing assistant in my sweet Bella. (laughs) And already, not a month into the year, we have been more social. We have been throwing more events. We have been getting out more. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited to get back into it. I'm excited to... Come back out of my cocoon. Yeah, reemerge. Transformed <laughs> butterfly. Yes. So I can spread my wings and sprinkle my butterfly dust on yes. people. And we're already on track to do that. And I would absolutely love to start having typo specifically ones. Me too. I did think of an episode to kind of go along with your breakups. Oh, yeah. So, you know, all about the sex. Uh-huh. But then on the other side, we should do an episode on rejection. Yeah. Just oh, in yeah. general. It could be just being... Wait, we haven't covered that? We haven't done anything on rejection. Oh, my word. I know, right? Even even the basics of um, saying no to being on a date, you know, or simple saying no to a DM in Facebook. Somebody saying, can I message you? Right. And then being told no, and then they get shitty in return. Right. Yeah, rejection, I think, would be a good one. Yeah. We'll revisit some of our ego for that one. Yeah. I That's also, all I got. I also have one that I've been stewing around is oftentimes you will find, regardless of your relationship configuration, whether you're polyamorous, monogamous, any other sort of ethical non-monogamy, unethical non-monogamy, <laughs> a lot of people take a trip down memory lane and they revisit past relationships. Right. 
Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. I actually want to do an episode on revisiting the past relationships. That'd be good. Mm-hmm. Anything else you got? We reflected. We looked forward. Can't believe it's been a year. We're so grateful and thankful. Oh, yeah. By the way, welcome to our year in review. Yeah. Ta-da. <laughs> this is all this episode is. We appreciate each and every one of you so much. We can't thank you enough for listening. We, you know... If you've been listening from the beginning, we work full-time jobs Monday through Friday and do this podcast to make sure that we get it out weekly for you because of no other reason other than we want to get the resources to you. We heart you. We heart you. We want to get you the information because we remember what it was like jumping into this world and not knowing what the fuck we were doing. Right. And, I mean, like, people always point out what books to read and that sort of stuff and a faceless fury, I guess. Yeah is great and it gives you a lot of intellectual knowledge but sometimes the experience is really what helps you get through certain things definitely and we're still kind of faceless because you're only hearing our voice (laughs) but we get to share our experience and i think that while in the very beginning i was like i don't want to talk about my personal shit so much (laughs) i've learned that sharing that and talking about that is a way that people have really learned how to connect. They're like, oh, wait, well, you're a person that goes through the same struggles or similar struggles, and I want to learn how you handled this, or or it's just nice to know that other people go through this. Right, so I'm not alone. That was a big deal for me, and that's part of what's helped me, again, with my direct intentional communication. Right. So I think that's one of the other benefits of doing the podcast that I've really enjoyed is in order to help others... I've had to open myself up, and that's caused me to explore a bit on me. Yeah. So, I'm looking forward to 2020. Woo! Me I'm looking too. forward to seeing where we go. I can't wait to get into some of these other topics that we've got ready. Yeah. It'll be a good time. It will be a good time. Let us know if you want to hear anything. Email us at podcast at org. Let us know. Again, like every every other time, you can... Get on all the social media, check for our posts, comment on those, send us a message. We're here doing this for everybody. For you, for all of you. And you're you're everybody. So we want to do this for you. So if you got something you want us to hit, let us know and we'll hit it. So until next time, see you later. Bye now. Thank you for talking your poly off with Bella and Monsada. You can find our Facebook page in the links or by searching for I Love Polly and liking the page Polyamory Get Your Heart On. You can also find I Love Polly on Instagram and Twitter by searching I Love Polly Cares. If you want us to help you navigate to all of our online presence, check out the show notes or come on over to ilovepolly.org. We would love to hear from you. That's right. And you can get in touch with us by emailing podcast at ilovepoly.org. That's singular podcast, not plural. So until our next discussion, Polly and fam. Live like there's no tomorrow. Laugh until it hurts. And, and love, love without, without limits. limits. Go to bed. <laughs> <laughs>